Hi, I'm Jeffrey Downs, a managing director at Franklin Covey, and I am excited to be one of the hosts of this new season of Be a Better Leader. We're excited to bring together some of Franklin Covey's expert consultants and thought leaders to talk about recharging. It's time to recharge your leaders, recharge your teams, recharge your culture, and recharge your results. We know there has been a lot going on over the last few years as our world has transformed through a pandemic. Quiet quitting, quiet hiring, the great resignation, teams that are suddenly remote or hybrid, or being recalled to the office, economic uncertainty. And throughout all of this, we need to achieve results. If you're feeling worn down or worn out, <laughs> believe me, it makes sense. So how can we be successful? We know that our jobs as leaders is to inspire our people to volunteer their best efforts. We need to help them improve. Well, to help us talk about this today, I am excited to welcome a very good friend, a fantastic individual, one of my personal mentors, and the national practice leader for our execution practice. Welcome, Scott Thiel. Good to have you, Scott. So great to be here, Jeff. I appreciate the invitation. And boy, you are right. This is a topic um, we're spending a little bit of time on. People from all over the world are saying many of the same things. Yeah. And in your, and in, you know, all over the world, I mean, you've had experience in all of these areas and you've seen the transition. I mean, you and I went through quite a transition ourselves from what we went through as practice leaders traveling before the pandemic and then what it was like after the pandemic and how we had to change and up our entire world almost. So the, the question that I have for you, I think the one that we really want to start with is, how do you let's talk about a model of performance because through this we've all had we've all seen different levels of performance and what performance looks like and you and i have discussed a lot about the performance curve and what i'd like to do is let's just walk through the performance curve so that we have a framework by which we can talk about how this recharge takes place and what some of the things that are happening and and how we can really help our people Oh, thanks for that. And I'll be drawing in the air for those of you that can follow along and, and close your eyes. Um, the easiest way for us to think about it is if you just have an, an X and Y axis and you think about the Y axis being the number of people or percent of people in your organization and the X axis being their level of performance in pursuit of excellence. On the right side of the axis, the uh, x-axis, there's a group of people who, even though they're tremendously busy, are able to perform with excellence on their highest priorities. And we've called these folks models because they can model the behavior um, right out of the gates. As a matter of fact, we don't need to do much to change them. We mostly just need to get stuff out of their way. On the left side of the curve, there's a group of people that when it comes to doing anything new or extra, and believe me, this is a time for new and extra, when you got all of these changes that are happening to us, and sometimes it takes a little bit of extra work, but we call those folks nevers. And to be very clear, never means not ever. So these are the folks that will not be changing. And I was talking to a leader just this week and they said, well, how much time do you spend on the nevers? And I gave the only answer I know, and that is too much. <laughs> Most people spend <laughs> too truth. much time on the folks that are never going to change, trying to change them. 
And the group in the middle that's left, it's usually the largest group and it's shaped like a bell curve, your traditional standard deviation. And the folks in the middle, we call not yet's. And they've just not yet caught up or they've not yet bought into the organization's top priorities or they've just not yet um, developed the skills that they need to move forward. So when we think about the performance curve, that's what we're thinking about, describing a curve. And in general, it seems to be kind of heavy in the middle, light on the ends, uh, starting again, as a reminder, on the left side, these are the nevers. In the middle would be the not yets, and to the right would be the models. As you look, as I think about the performance curve in the way that you've described it, what is significant about understanding the performance curve in that in that realm that you just described? Nevers, not yets, and, and the models. That's a great question. I think really it comes down to a couple of things. One is as leaders, so many times we're just beating our heads against the wall on what am I going to do about the nevers? What am I going to do about the nevers? Or spending time saying, what are the models doing? You know, how do we figure out and clone those folks? So we just have more people doing that. But really the opportunity is in the not yet. Statistically, there's more of them. And if we move them, you know, one partition to the right, so move them over a quartile, um, you will find that the overall performance of the organization goes up. And that movement, we've just simply uh, colloquialized as saying, move your bell curve wider and tighter. More people doing high performance things a higher percentage of the time. Hmm. And, you know, it's interesting because you and I have faced this all the time. It's one thing to say, move it right or in tighter. It's another thing to actually be able to do it. Yeah, we, we have an expression <laughs> around a lot of what we do that you're very familiar with. And it says easy does hard. You know, it's, it's like, um, just go ahead and move your culture. And then yeah, call just us go ahead and make done. that happen. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So this is the equivalent of how to you or how do you intentionally move your culture? And it's by understanding the high leverage, best practice behaviors and building a mechanism to help those that are quite maybe not yet there to uh, increase the percentage of time that they spend in that high leverage area. Yeah. You know, and and before we get there, I want to go back just a little bit as far as as you've seen in organizations, the the distribution of models, not yet's and nevers. Give us a couple of of just thought. I mean, because there can be the standard distribution, right? Sure, you're right. Twenty sixty twenty. But tell us tell us a little bit about in your experience what you've seen when there is writer and tighter, and also when there's left and loose. I mean, give it give us kind of that con contrasting point of view. Well, I'll start with the second part of your question first, and that's because anytime there's change or uncertainty in an organization, there is gravity on the curve, pulling it left and loose, as you mentioned. Um, I have less time to focus on, you know, improving my performance because now I'm having to shift how I work. I think simply of uh, the pandemic, you know, you and I had a big charter to change how we did business uh, as soon as the pandemic hit. I was not spending my time on best practice behaviors. We were scrambling to figure out how we were moving from you know, 51 weeks a year on airplanes in cities around the world to doing this behind a computer. 
And that shift was, as you remember, dramatic. There was a few tears. Oh, my goodness. That was monumental. (laughs) So if you think about the changes we've had, you listed them at at the beginning. Each one of those has gravity pulling us away from writer and tighter. So I think that's, I've seen a lot of organizations who were doing okay shift to an area where they're not doing particularly well because they're, they're fighting against people's resistance to change and uncertainty around how to move writer and tighter. And on the other side, I think some of our great clients who had a very positive response to COVID and um, how they went to work. And we have clients on both ends of the spectrum. We had clients who went from completely overwhelmed, busy to virtually standstill and how they were able to survive that down downturn. And then other organizations who got a lot busier because of the pandemic and they weren't necessarily prepared for that. The people that have fared best did a good job of ferreting out those best practices, what's working. And they had very rapid communication loops where they heard from the people that were performing well and they they were able to replicate that with more and more people. And in that bell curve, the not yet's um, get pulled to the right if they mm. see a pathway forward. Mm. So, okay, so you've got this. If I can see a pathway forward, I can move to the right. Before we even go there, how would you recommend a leader evaluate where their curve is? How many are models? How many are, are nevers and what's in the middle? That's a great question. I think what we need to do for, I I start with models and I'm like, okay, if I've got a hill to climb, who are the people that I'm taking with me? And you mentioned it, 20%. That's a healthy number. I've had people go, ooh, when you say it that way, maybe it's only two to 3%. So sometimes (laughs) it's not 20. 20, you're doing okay. But how many people could take the hill without a lot of external support. So without a new infusement of capital, um, just able to figure out things and move forward. So it's, it's a creative, proactive group of people. And then I look on the side and of, the, of the nevers. And to be fair, there are two different kinds of nevers. The first are the can'ts. And these people might just need, you know, um, a different role in the organization. Let's say they're a really good culture fit, but they're just not wired for um, the kind of performance necessary to, you know, advance your organization, to take care of an opportunity, to stave off a challenge, if you will. Uh, But it's the other kind. We call them the won'ts. And the won'ts are toxic and the culture. And if you want to put positive change on an organization, you need to be very intentional how you address those. (laughs) We had one client that, you know, um, come up with a really interesting saying. So he goes, sometimes you need to promote them to customer, which I thought was a nice (laughs) way of saying that you were parting ways with them. So I think being intentional about um, who you've got on the bus. I love Jim Collins talking about that metaphor. Uh, who you have on the bus, are they in the right seats? That's how we d- talk about um, nevers. The can'ts might be in the wrong seats and the won'ts are probably on the wrong bus. Mm-hmm. And looking at that, you know, with the can'ts and the won'ts, it takes a leader that has some courage to actually promote to customer those who won't get on board. I mean, that takes some courage no matter what. I totally agree. Uh, I've had a number of leaders over the years saying this person is toxic 
in my organization. I just can't afford to let them go. That just breaks my heart. Yeah. You can't afford to keep them. I mean, the, the performance that you're getting, if you look at it in isolation, it might be okay. But if you look at the burden it's placing on every other person, I've never seen a greater celebration than when a never is promoted to customer and you look at the models and just the the sigh of relief and the uh, joy that I'm not having to drag them or push against them. They make every bit of work harder, especially you think about going through change. People that are consciously pulling you left, um, they, they make everything harder. People that are working to pull things to the right um, are very much relieved if that happens. So please don't hear that as an endorsement to go, you know, clean the cupboards, uh, but be intentional about who's on your bus and what seats they're in. As I think about um, the whole idea of who recruits, do the nevers recruit or the models recruit? I, I love your take on this. You got You got to share what that looks like. Yeah. I, as I was thinking about it, um, models, I ask uh, people, what group of those three recruits? And oftentimes people say models. I said, not in my experience. Models <laughs> just like to go and go fast. The best thing we can do is just keep stuff out of their way and let them go. And the not yets aren't really doing a whole lot of anything in either direction. That's why we call them not yet. The nevers recruit. And I had somebody uh, use the expression that I love and they go, oh, that's because misery loves company. And I think that's very accurate. They're recruiting. And I think it's because they want to further their cause and validate their position. But also there's something Darwinian about that. It's easier to hide in a flock of 100 than in a flock of three. So if I get more people in the never camp, maybe they won't be able to clean out the bus as quickly. So recharging your team, looking at the performance curve and recharging the team, one of the, th- one of the thoughts that I had as you were talking is a recharge, it is helpful when you're intentional about who you keep on the bus that, and when you let those people go or you let them off the bus, that helps with recharging. And then the other thing that I heard you say was really clearing the path, allowing models to do what they do. And if they're doing that, it almost provides suction, if you will, to bring the not yet along. Yeah, I absolutely agree. If you can remove an obstacle, you know, they have the the impetus to make the changes. But if they keep running into a, a brick wall um, over time, that wears on you. So clearing the path for a model to progress does two things that are really important. You touched upon them. one it validates the energy and effort that they've been contributing. And two, it creates a pathway for a not yet to follow. Hmm. Wow. We've been talking with Scott Thiel. Unfortunately, we don't have more time to talk with Scott Thiel because he is a wealth of knowledge and information and the experience he's had through the years with organizations all over the world. It's worth tapping into. However, Scott, we've got to call this uh, at some point to an end. And if you'd like to, you can, uh, Bring Scott Thiel on and get any of the consulting that you need there because he is absolutely fantastic. So if you'd like to start evaluating how the performance curve could work for you and your team, you can download our free guide, Impact Your Organization's Results, Turn Average Employees into High Performers. You can find a link to it in our show notes or visit franklincovey.com for more information and resources. Well, Scott, thank you for being with us today. And for everyone else, keep smiling.